With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with today's edition of Southern Fried Soccer. Atlanta United defeated Dallas 3-0 on Sunday in the inaugural game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'm joined by John Arnold of Gold.com and the Dallas Morning News who covers Dallas uh, for both outlets. John, first, what did you think of Mercedes-Benz Stadium? And then we're going to talk about the game a little bit. But what were your impressions of this venue? Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, uh, I don't think you have to come from abroad to see that. I think that the people of Atlanta probably know that and have have been uh, anxious for it to start. You saw that Atlanta United themselves were anxious for it to open, but uh, look, I don't know that you could ask for much more. I mean, the crowd was great. Uh, They were here, you know, the fans, the tickets were sold clearly. The atmosphere was good. Uh, And, and, you know, we talk a lot about the field, and I think that'll continue to maybe be a discussion, but it seemed to play totally fine. You know, no injuries. You didn't see the ball bounce in too strange of a manner. Uh, Certainly nothing that we're not used to seeing in MLS. So overall, I think it was a phenomenal debut for what looks to be a Truly a stadium, Tata Martino mentioned that it was, he wanted it to be sort of a stadium uh, that that makes Atlanta proud, that makes the state proud, and makes the U.S. proud, and, and I think it's a venue that certainly can do that. For those of you not familiar with Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it was supposed to open back in March in a soccer event, presumably Atlanta United, was supposed to be the first game in it. The construction delays pushed it back to June, then July, and now until today. So Atlanta United has been waiting a long, long time to get into this building. And it put together what Martino said was arguably its best performance of the year. The goals were scored by Leandro Gonzalez-Perez in the 14th minute, Joseph Martinez in the 46th minute, and Greg Garza in the 68th minute. Dallas has been on a little bit of a poor run of form, but have you seen them play outplayed, at least in the first half, like they were today by Atlanta United? Probably not. I mean, I think it was a combination of what Atlanta was doing and what Dallas wasn't doing. Uh, clearly, just at the start, you know, the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, there was really nothing happening for Dallas. Uh, you know, the second minute, Carlos Grezo gives the ball away, has to commit a foul, earns a yellow card. And, you know, then in the fifth minute, the penalty that was called back from VAR. Really, you know, in the first three to five minutes, Atlanta already could have been on the board. They get that goal in the first 15 minutes. And from there, I mean, Dallas starts to hang their head. They played a little better toward the end of the first half. I think they really started to, to maybe have some belief that they could turn things around, at least leave here with a point, which I think, you know, considering the circumstances, would have been a good result. And then the very first minute of the second half, you know, I talked to several of the players after the game and Coach Oscar Pereja as well, and it seems like that was really the turning point for them. They had a belief they were playing better, and then all of a sudden that dissipates immediately when right. you step on the field in the second half. So I think that was a really frustrating moment for them. But, you know, you ask if it's uh, if I've seen a team corner kind of 
dominate FCD like that, you know, generally they're in most of the games that, that they've had in this uh, eight-match winless streak. They were never really in this game today, I don't think. And so I think that, you know, credit has to go to Atlanta United for what they're able to do and the difficulties that they're able to force Dallas into from minute one. That second goal was a typical Atlanta United goal. You mill aside, force a turnover. Carlos Comonas quickly sprung Almiron down the left, who crossed it across the face of the goal. All Martinez had to do was tap it in uh, for his 10th goal this season. It is a goal that I've seen Atlanta United score I don't know how many times this season. So it was a little surprising to see Dallas kind of tally on the ball for just a little bit and forget that Yamil Assad was behind coming to try to get it because that's what he does all season. Um, how's Walker Zimmerman been doing? He's a Lawrenceville guy. He's an Atlanta guy. I did a Q&A with him recently. I got his side of it, but from a, an objective a reporter's opinion, how is Walker doing this year? I think it's been a difficult year for him, actually. Last year, he was phenomenal, earned himself a call to the United States national team. He took an injury uh, in the spring, and I think that maybe it, it's hampered him a little more than he would care to admit. I think the team has been a little more frustrated with his recuperation. They sort of rushed him back. I'm not trying to say that that impacted anything necessarily, but I definitely think that the injury has been something he's had to overcome. Uh, today, another disappointing performance from Zimmerman. Uh, it's been a tough year. You know, he hasn't been bad necessarily, but, but you look at the standard that he set for himself last year, you know, he was a national team player and, and earned the call-up that he got. It wasn't, you know, a gift at all. Now, it's hard to see him in the national team picture at all, uh, you know, if he's not able to raise his game again. I think he will. He's a guy with a lot of character, but I think it's been a tough year for him and maybe a learning experience for a guy that's still relatively young in the grand scheme of things. Definitely has a chance to bounce back and maybe even with a strong playoff run can sort of get back to where he was in the 2016 season, but I think 2017 has been a learning year for Walker. I'm glad you mentioned playoffs because that's what I want to turn to now. Uh, with the win, Atlanta United remains in sixth in the East. It's on 39 points. It's two behind New York Red Bulls in fifth, but it has two games in hand. Uh, it is a, it is three ahead of Montreal, but it also has two games in hand. It looks to me like the East is a six-team race now. And it's just a matter of seeding probably three through six. One and two are likely locked in. Um, this does not help Dallas very much at all. It is in a, what, a, probably a 17, maybe an 18 fight in the West for the playoffs, considering it's, it's a recent poor run of form. It's dropping points left and right. Will Dallas make the playoffs, do you think? You know, honestly, before the game against the Red Bulls, I thought, you know, they're going to be fine. They're going to make the playoffs. They had a difficult game there. They get only a point at home. They lose today in pretty bad fashion. Now you're looking at a schedule where, you know, they've got some tough games, but they also have two games against Colorado, the team in last place in the West. But if they don't get six points from that game, from those two games, I'm not so sure that, that they're going to be able to, which is sort of, you know, it's a it's a big fall off for a team that was looking like they still had a chance for the supporter shield mm-hmm. to repeat as supporter shield champions in June, July. So I still think they'll probably make it in, but they're certainly making it pretty hard on themselves. You mentioned the East, I, just real quick, although yeah. it's not my, my bread and butter. When I look at Atlanta, uh, it's difficult for me to, to look at the team that performed today and the team that's really come in in the past couple weeks and see a team that's not going to make the playoffs. Like you said, I think it's a six-team race for seeding. The home field advantage that they have, the number of games they have in this facility, and the way that they're playing, uh, I don't see them missing the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if that's still a worry for fans here, but uh, I wouldn't be too worried about it if I were an Atlanta United fan. Yeah, this was the first of six consecutive home games that Atlanta United will play here in Mercedes-Benz. Uh, the next is New England on Wednesday, 
And then, of course, next Saturday is Orlando City, the game in which Atlanta United has consistently said it wants to set the new MLS record for attendance. It's going to open up the upper decks. Everything that was behind the curtains that you saw up here will be the curtains will be raised. The seats will be there. They're going to try to get 71,000 people into this place, provided the storms all pass and everybody's fine and healthy, and we hope that you all are. I think I can see that happening. They had more than 45,000 here announced today. I'm not quite sure there were that many actual people here. They could have been milling around the concourse. Uh, but it's a fantastic venue, and it's, it's a, a wonderful place to, to watch a soccer game for those of us not in the press box. The press box is a little bit different. You can't hear anything because of the glass. Um, so it's not quite the same as Bobby Dodd, but the players said they enjoyed the experience compared to Bobby Dodd. They think they were both equally good. Um, but one is a stadium that's more than 100 years old, the oldest next to Harvard, the oldest NU stadium in the country for college football. And this is, of course, less than a month old uh, in terms of what it's been used for. Um, do you want to promote anything that you're doing on social media or any content that you've got out there? You can follow me on Twitter at Arnold, comma, you spell out the word comma, uh, John with no H, so it's a little complicated. You can probably just Google John Arnold goal and it'll pop up as well. I did a nice piece that's not related to MLS on a guy named Rodrigo Lopez who used to play in USL. Okay. Uh, he's uh, now a starter with Toluca, was working in construction and considering oh, uh, quitting the game. And so I had a nice conversation with him that's probably worth reading. That's pinned to my, uh, to my Twitter if you want to check that out. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. And you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United. News now, and I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast on iTunes at Southern Fried Soccer. I've already posted from today's game uh, a short game story, five observations, and the men of the match. I'll post the numbers uh, and the player ratings later today or in the morning. I'll also have something on the width of the field here at Mercedes Benz. It's 75 by 115 compared to 70 by 110 at Bobby Dodd, and how Atlanta United was able to take advantage of that against Dallas and how it'll do so in upcoming games. All right, y'all have a good day. Stay safe during the storm season, and we'll talk to you later. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.